Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rags. And this is Salas. Welcome to Samosa Caucus. This is our third episode, and we're grateful to be back with you guys. Uh, we've come up with three broad topics, tech policy, immigration policy, and current events. And I think we're going to explore all of them at a high level in this one. And we're going to drive down into a deeper level, probably in subsequent episodes. Yeah, we'll kind of use this as a template for future episodes as well. We'll talk about some of the topics under those broad subheadings, but we're also going to try to figure out what we want to talk about with those topics. Okay, so let's kick it off with tech policy. I I know that tech policy is something that Rags and I are both interested in because we work in the field. There are a lot of South Asians in the field, a lot of South Asian leaders, obviously, in Silicon Valley and around the world. It's an industry that is probably leading the way in terms of having a role everywhere in the world, especially with maybe the new administration stepping down in terms of diplomacy. The State Department right now is largely empty. A lot lot of deputy positions are not being filled. Traditionally, obviously, the State Department projects American interests around the world with the new administration taking a reduced role. Business leaders and tech leaders specifically have taken a larger role. Yeah, but I mean, do you do you then see tech leaders as kind of displacing governments almost uh, in, in the sense that they're the ones now who are interconnected around the world, largely, you know, because they deal with governments, they deal with employees and all these different uh, places. They have small offices all around the world. And, you know, across the board, they're just really deep in all these different societies. So in, in a sense, tech has largely, you know, starting to, it's starting to surpass. I mean, heck, even with uh, Bitcoin and uh, all the cryptocurrency stuff, they're, they're even trying to replace currencies as a whole. So at that point, you'd have to wonder, like, what's the point of governments? Like, what are, what are the, you know, how are they serving the larger purpose, right? Government has traditionally had a lot of different roles, and some of those are operational, making sure the the roads work, goes back to currency, make sure the dollar is stable, making sure markets can operate, making sure people are safe. And then there's soft power, which is diplomacy, how U.S. is portrayed abroad. And in that last one, how U.S. is portrayed abroad, I think American businesses have largely surpassed government in many ways in that most countries in the world you're going to see mcdonald's and starbucks before you see a manifestation of u.s government in particular i mean that's true but in a way those brands are america's export right in the middle east when i was growing up that's why we ate at pizza hut and people ate at kfc and you know mcdonald's it's an american brand and it's huge and everyone knows it's popular in america and and so that's what they associate with America. Like, so in a sense, those guys are doing advertising for America, the brand, you know, as these like sub brands. So I think those things are tied. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting thought to question the. So a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, like as far as either uh, soft power versus like you know general diplomacy or this you know making sure roads are sure i mean i'm not debating the need for the existence of government i'm i'm just asking if 
there are ways that the tech industry is all starting to kind of encroach upon you know certain channels and certain things that would only open up to for for governments to other governments to or from governments versus versus essentially these private companies who have these huge back channels or ways to influence or talk to other countries as a whole and change the direction of the way you know it affects the lives of you know tens thousands if not millions of people by either opening offices or doing things there or changing the government's mind to invest in a certain kind of thing whatever it is like so these companies have become so huge like they kind of surpass what the governments can or can't do because most people can't do anything they like they're hiding all this money all this wealth they're just really really powerful i think one example there is the environment because the Trump administration is taking a step back in terms of thinking about climate change, thinking about the environment in general, companies and cities are form- forced to step up and negotiate internationally. So in that sense, companies and, and city leadership are have kind of become diplomats by necessity. These tech companies are so big it used to be enough that Google would just say, don't be evil. That's our mantra. And now people are saying, you know what? You don't pay women the same. You're not thinking about these privacy issues uh, kind of correctly. News came out that people were buying keywords that were racist and buying ads against them. So Google is, in a sense, profiting from racism, essentially. Right. And it's important to note that obviously after they ran this article and then informed Google, then they blocked these keywords and did all that, which means that they had the ability to block all this. They had the ability to stop this before it even happened or before someone found out, but they didn't because they they're disclaiming well we just didn't know and that's not really true and it's not true that they didn't have the ability to stop this stuff from happening they profited from this knowing full well what they were doing yeah and it's interesting then the role that um that culture that the free press um and that governments like in the case of europe's suing google for privacy um the role that those play in kind of being a check on these tech companies power even when the u.s government in specific is not interested in in playing that role i think the u.s government is at a point now where they can't really try and take on uh these tech companies just as their size like what are you going to take over take on amazon that's got like billions of dollars and you know tens of thousands of employees and it's like it's creating so many jobs and so much you know contributing so much to the economy google apple like what are you got facebook you're gonna go after these guys you can't go after this the government basically is living with the fact that there are these extremely powerful companies that they could i mean if the government really wanted to get after them they could but you know it would these tech companies are not going to go down easy like that. Yeah, and I don't think bringing them down should be the goal. It's it's just um, a question of what should their role in society be. Obviously, there's so many positives of having these uh, huge tech companies that are huge job drivers, that are huge for the economy. But when we think about these specific questions like what should how should we think about racial equality gender equality privacy i mean that's but that's that's kind of the problem right like the problem is that these companies don't really have any oversight 
right? Like there's no, you don't really have anyone checking them, checking on them enough or because of their scale and because of their sheer size, if the government goes and just targets them, you have so many other like more severe cases, I would say, of things that happening or things that they have to do. But these companies are essentially creating policy and getting so far ahead of government. The government is just not even in the ballpark of some of the stuff that the tech industry is doing or talking about or, you know, working towards. Basically like a, a topic that we're going to discuss in further detail in future episodes, but those are some of the ways we're going to be thinking about it. Okay, so then the next one is immigration policy. So that includes how immigration policy uh, manifests throughout the world, throughout the diaspora, um, for people leaving South Asia, entering other countries primarily. We'll maybe even try to explore why people are leaving and is it you know prevalent? Like it's, some of the stuff would be like uh, the refugee crisis right now with uh, uh, the Rakhine state withdrawing, yes. So... I mean, some of the stuff that's going on is it's it's insane. Um, like the all these refugees flowing into Bangladesh, which already has its issues with overpopulation and generally not having enough resources. It's really scary. Um, but a lot of those kinds of issues are, I think, uh, things of interest. Is like why, what's driving immigration, and how is the immigration policy in the West affecting South Asian diaspora? And how does that? affect money flows also, like going back into the subcontinent. What are, I know that climate change is, plays into immigration and emigration. What does chain migration look like? What are the different types of visas? What are, I know there's a lot of undocumented also from South Asia. Yeah, and by the way, the uh, chain migration, which is essentially being able to sponsor your uh, families, I think right now, uh, Trump said that he wants that to not be a, an option for people coming in on DACA. I think they want to put, implement that across the board. Uh, I'm not sure about that, though. I'm not sure what what states did that that apply to all all immigrants or all citizens. I mean, they so that's the thing, right? Like, so I'm not sure whether they said that uh, Trump wanted that to apply to people who came in on DACA. No, no, I, it wasn't from from DACA. I think it might have been from um, like the prohibited states. So like uh, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. I think it might have been specific to those countries. But again, those are details that we're going to discuss in future ones and we're working our way towards expertise we're not experts yet but like hopefully through researching these topics talking to people doing interviews um some of these things that are existed relevant question marks in our minds right now because maybe we don't uh we read the stories but then we we remember some facts but not others or don't remember the context exactly like as we get more familiar more knowledgeable about these topics we'll be able to speak with more confidence about the details as well the next section though um the current events section we're in, in a world especially on on twitter on facebook on social media where there are so many new things to discuss and a lot of them are going to be of interest to us. And I, I think one element that we can add to the discussion is that we do both come from a South Asian perspective, but we have different mindsets. We have, I think, 
I'm more of a liberal slash progressive and Rags is libertarian in certain ways. So we'll have good back and forth. I think that's a, it's kind of a fair characterization. I do admit that a lot of my positions will seem to align with like general liberal positions. But like, like I mentioned, I think in my first episode, I'm just trying to explore um, all sides and just kind of think about things from different perspectives and see if there's if there's like logical credence to thought. Cool. You have anything to add rags about topics and things that we are interested in talking about in future episodes? Uh, I, I think we'll uh, those those three topics we'll stick to and then we'll stick to a uh, trying to nitpick on things a little bit and uh, especially current events like Charles was saying we we won't uh, cover everything but we'll we'll pick the things that seem the most interesting I think the rest of it should be good if um, anyone listening has any suggestions or would like to add um, you know either different sections perspective collaborate do whatever uh, let us know and uh, we'll try to incorporate any ideas we get. Awesome. And with that, thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next time. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys.